The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'd like to start with an apology. Uh, my show last week with George Cavasalas, which was weighted with great anticipation from a lot of people, um, did not get archived until uh, this morning. Uh, there were some technical problems with the, uh, the file, and uh, it, was, it was a challenge to actually get the show up. So if you didn't listen live, um, you now can listen to George Cavasilis, and I strongly advise you to do so. It's a, it's a wonderful show. And that's going to be followed up right now with another wonderful show with my special guest today, Phil Gruber. And Phil, I just want to thank you, first of all, for joining me on the show and also for getting up. I think it's 4 o'clock in the morning in Singapore right now where you are, and, and I really appreciate you joining me today. So welcome. Oh, thank you. I've been up for hours. Not a problem. Not a problem, Peter. So, Phil, there's all sorts of talk about 2012 and, and what's going to happen and all the different uh, prophecies and, and calendars. And I'd love you to share your information about those prophecies, about uh, what is happening in this time period, and ultimately near, near the, later in the show, what we should be doing about uh, our own personal lives. So just give us a, a little bit of an overview of things from your perspective. Okay, well, about 2012, you know, in the, uh, in the Mayan cosmology, they talk about there's a fiery dragon going to breathe upon the earth. That fire will flow from the, from the serpent's mouth. Rays of light will emanate, will, will come down from the tree of life, what's called behind the sun. Now, before I start, Peter, I just want to tell your listening audience that uh, I know you've got people listening from around the world. Uh, people may not be familiar with the original Twilight Zone. Well, uh, when, when Rod Serling used to introduce every episode of the Twilight Zone, he used to say, submitted for your approval. Well, what I'm going to talk about tonight is not going to be submitted necessarily for your approval, but simply for your consideration. Um, there's going to be, there's a lot of rigor. I mean, there really is a lot of interesting information about 2012. Much of it is empirical. A lot of it is maybe borderline pragmatic. The fact is that there, is, there are astronomical realities here. There are astrological realities. There are human realities here, flawed though we might be. And we're really just trying to make sense of really, we're trying to make sense of our lives 
in the context of these changes. And we're trying to make sense of these changes, probably even more importantly, in the context of our lives. I just want to start by just putting things in sort of a, a context. There's a, a, there's a, a word in the, in the Greek language. Uh, many of you, your listeners may know this word. It's a very unique word. It's called pathos. It's not pathos. It's pathos. It means a longing, a deep deep longing. And I, and I think this longing is what many of us feel at the core of our being. It's probably, Peter, I think the, the, the deepest source of our individual and collective pain and sadness. I think, in other words, I think this is a, a primal, sacred wound that we look to heal each and every time we incarnate here on the earth plane. And I think this longing is a return to the source of our original wholeness. I think it's it's our, our, our search for, for home. It's a collective consciousness that many of us can choose to call God, all that is, source. I think a lot of us have a feeling that, that we're separate from what many of us choose to call God. I think a lot of us have this feeling that uh, maybe as a result of a fall, you know, the fall from grace, that we were cast down, cut off. We were exiled from a state of grace, a pre-existent paradise that many of us call heaven. Uh, even Tolkien had a name for this, Valinor. That's the origin of this wound. And I think that in, in Kabbalistic uh, studies, there's the concept of the Shekinah, the Shekinah. This is the divine presence of God in this world. And it's come to, uh, it's come to most people understand this now as a sort of a, a feminine presence, uh, a state of God or an aspect of God that's in exile from itself. A lot of us feel that we're just not seeing ourselves or relating to ourselves the way we were meant to. We have this relationship with ourselves, with each other, with God, that we feel that we're kind of separate. We're looking for ways to connect. We're looking for fellowship. We're looking for something that connects us all. I think the thing about 2012, I'll, think, I'll tell you, first of all, I think it's a cool thing in that it's getting a lot of people to focus on what their lives mean in a moment-to-moment uh, way. I think uh, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity every 13,000 years. We have an opportunity every 26,000 years. We have the same kind of opportunity every 216,000 years, maybe even up to 240 million years, maybe 950 billion years to get it right, quote-unquote. But I think the real moral of the story is that we have an opportunity every moment, okay, every moment to really position ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about this necessarily astrologically or astronomically, but position ourselves to, to, to be the best people we can be in each and every moment. You know what I mean? To see each and every thing we do as an exercise in certainly spiritual or ecstatic fulfillment, to see everything, to see the sacred in everything, to really understand our place in the universe. 2012 and all the stuff around, around that gives us a focus to certainly really look at ourselves, a very, very deep look at ourselves. Um, I can start with what I know, um, what I believe is true about this. There is going to be an alignment for sure. The path of the sun, the path of the sun and the planets, what's called the ecliptic, it does cross the galactic equator. Now, our sun crosses the galactic equator 
pretty much every day. It's, it's a daily thing. But the path of the sun now is crossing the galactic equator. The sun is really coming into alignment with not just the quote-unquote center of the galaxy and that enormous black hole, the center of the galaxy, but also with the galactic equator. So it's the path of the sun and the planets as they orbit the sun. It's called the ecliptic. As it crosses the galactic equator, now this forms a cross, okay? It's called the Greater Grand Cross. Also, it's called the Tree of Life. So you see, for the first time again, in many, many thousands of years, our sun progressively gets hung on a cross. I'm sure you've heard that one before. (laughs) What happens when the sun gets hung on a cross? Now, this actually happened really in about 1998. There's a 36 or 37-year window where it began, I think, around 1980, and it it kind of sort of climaxes maybe in 2017. You have to look at this from the perspective of the Mayans, from Itzapa in southern, on the Guatemalan border in southern Mexico. They computed this to December 21st, 2012, because at 12 noon, Central time, December 21st, 2012, the sun's going to be in the middle of what they call the dark rift of the Milky Way galaxy. The, the Milky Way galaxy basically is a massive flattened disk, gravitational disk, that our solar system rotates cyclically, moves above and below the galactic plane. Okay? Now, yep. the yep. nuclear bulge in the middle of the galaxy... Okay? You have this great big bulge. You have this uh, swath of, of, of just really bright stars. Okay? In this field of bright stars, you have this dark swath. Okay? That's called the Black Road. It's the dark rift. The sun actually crosses it, gets hung on it. It's in a way it kind of gets reborn. Now, the sun gets born, reborn every day, every year, every so often. But this time, it looks like it emerges from a womb. As the galactic plane, uh, or the, the path of the sun, I mean, the ecliptic, crosses the galactic equator and forms this cross, it will really appear the sun is being birthed out of this birth canal. The, the, uh, the nuclear bulge of the Milky Way galaxy, this dark rift, it looks like a, a pregnant belly. It looks like it could be the mother of creation. And out of the blackness, the sun again is reborn, reborn of a virgin, a virgin matrix, which really means in the old days, and if you go back to the Proto-Aramaic and Canaanite, when you talk about virgin, you're talking about the blackness. You're talking about the void. So out of this birth canal, out of this pregnant mother, once again, a son is reborn out of a virgin matrix, and eventually it's also hung on a cross for our redemption. So what does that mean? When the Son of God, or this S-U-N or S-O-N, is hung on that cross, the tree of life is behind it. The sun is in direct alignment with that great magnetic black hole. Now, people talk about the black holes. Um, 
How are we doing so far, Peter? Okay? <laughs> doing fine, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. There's a huge magnetic black hole at the center of the galaxy. Now, a lot of people think it just stops there and everything gets just, get, just gets sucked into that magnetic black hole. Well, at the end of every black hole is a white hole. These are dual vortexes, much like our chakras. It's a magnetic black hole, a contracting sort of high-speed vortex that sucks things in, basically contracts, but it gets spit out the other side. That black hole at the center of our galaxy is a doorway. It's a pathway. It's a, it's a portal to another universe, another higher universe. There's a sun on the other side of that black hole, that magnetic black, uh, that magnetic electrical black and white hole, and that's a sun of a higher dimensional universe. It's what's called another harmonic universe, basically dimensions four, five, and six. That sun on the other side of that black hole is called, in many mystical teachings, the second sun, uh, the hidden sun, the sun behind the sun, um, even Muddy Waters would have called it the second cousin, the one they all call Johnny Conqueroo. So when our sun aligns with that magnetic black hole, from the core of the sun, aside from all these gamma ray bursts and coronal mass ejections and M-class and C-class and M-class and X-class flares, you've got heavenly light pouring through the heart of the core of that sun, much so like when you so see the Hold you there for a second because we're going to our yeah. first break. We're going to have a fascinating moment in, in the description. We'll come back to it directly after we've taken a deep breath and had our first okay. break. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. 
Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I'd just like to give my thanks to sponsors. Uh, the NatureDoctor.com, and you can see their whole line of uh, food nutrients, uh, products for conscious living uh, on my host page by just clicking on the banner for the NatureDoctor.com. I want to return quickly, though, to Phil Gruber, who was in full flow before the break. And, and his, Phil, you were just talking about the sun hanging on the cross and the qualities of the energies involved in that and what is beyond the sun. So please continue with that. Okay, so we were talking about at the center of our galaxy is this massive black hole. It's a black and white hole vortex that acts as like a tunnel or a wormhole that connects universes. Actually, that is the way dimensions are connected or universes are connected is by means of these tunnels, these wormholes, these black and white hole vortexes. So you see, since really the 80s, what we can call heavenly light has been, our universe here has been bathed in this heavenly light. Whether you want to call this field the uh, plasma, what, the plasma field, the hydroplasmic beam, all these types of things, basically, we're passing through a very dense portion of the gravitational plane. As I said before, this Milky Way, this great white way, this broad way, our home galaxy, is really, like all galaxies, pretty much flattened gravitational disk. There are solar systems cyclically moves above and below, kind of like a sinusoidal wave, above and below the galactic plane. Now, we're not doing this with charts, but you just have to sort of imagine that like a sine wave, we're moving, or the sun, the whole solar system really, is moving sort of above and below this galactic plane. Now, as we align with this galactic plane, this, the, the, the gravitational effects, the gravimetric and the, and the magnetic effects are absolutely staggering as we pass through the densest portions of this, of this gravitational plane. The sun being hung on this cross, you've seen the representations of Jesus out of his sacred flaming heart comes this love and forgiveness, and we are forgiven for our sins, we are cleansed, we are purified. Well, from the heart of the sun, from the core of the sun, these frequencies are coming through. They've been coming through for quite a while now. Actually, in Mayan cosmology, they talk about the Bowen Yachtu. 
It's the solar deity in the mouth of the jaguar toad. There are nine support gods that will descend at the end of the 13th Bacton, which we are now. Nine waves, what they call the return of wisdom. I think these are nine frequencies, nine what you might call morphogenetic waves because of the sun's placement at the center of the galaxy. Higher and higher frequencies are projecting onto the earth. We are really experiencing waves and waves of biophysical time, all these morphogenetic waves, which are creating actual biophysical time accelerations. The, the, our sense of time, that's why when we talked earlier, we talked about working with a consciousness of time, understanding that time or the linear illusion of, or a movement of, a linear movement through time is speeding up. So, which means that the gap between our thoughts and their manifestations are accelerating. The gap is closing. So we've got to be much more responsible with our thoughts. We really have to understand the full creative power of our thoughts. We have to understand that every thought we think is going to be manifested in our experience. Now, on this great cross at the center of the galaxy, you've got one one arm of the cross, you've got Mars, Pluto, Sun, Mercury, and Venus. You have to understand also that the magnetic lines, the magnetic lines of force that shape us, that shape us when we're born. When we're born at the moment of our conceptions, the positions of the planets, the positions of the stars in the heavens, right? These magnetic lines of force shape us. They give us certain qualities, certain attributes. That's why at certain times of the day, the week, the month, the year, our lives, there are certain energies present that support decisions we make. There are certain energies that aren't there that don't support certain decisions we make. So the more you understand how we relate to the heavens as above, so below, the more you understand how it if you want to do something, maybe the energies aren't there to support it. Maybe the energies are uh, to support it. You know, this is really, this, this quest to understand ourselves in relationship to these changes and what it means to have the sun hung on a cross. Again, like Jesus, like the sacred flaming heart of Jesus coming out, these waves of love and, and forgiveness. So these frequencies are coming from the core of the sun, and they can and are affecting our DNA. And once one understands a little bit more about the function and mechanism of the DNA, you understand that we become more self-realized the more of our quote-unquote DNA is quote-unquote activated. The reason that we can um, realize more of ourselves is a direct function to our DNA being progressively activated. And that's happening. What's happening on this planet now was meant to be organic, natural, and gentle. And it can be relative to the degree in, to which we've cleared our, our karma, basically. And so the most important thing, I think, is it's kind of like we're on a grail quest, basically. We're trying to, the, the original word for grail is actually a very ancient word, gruel, G-R-U, apostrophe A-L, and it means doorways or windows to God, or having a greater knowledge of God, a direct knowledge of God, through understanding the patterns 
that God uses to manifest itself in and through our lives. So you look at what's happening in the heavens right now, and you see that it's really happening. The reason the, the Mayans timed this for December 21st, 2012, is because from their point of view, and from the perspective of the procession of the equinoxes, you see this is really a perception. These alignments, you have to understand, looking at it from Earth, looking at it from different positions on the Earth, are relative to your positions on the Earth, latitude and longitude, your uh, what what time it is relative to you know the the atomic clocks and everything like that relative to your position and the plane of the ecliptic and the position of the equinoxes that twenty degree twenty three degree shift that makes that revolution every twenty six thousand years so what I want to try to get across to people is that you can use twenty twelve as a focus but what's available in twenty twelve Peter, is available to us every moment of every day. Yes, it's in the heavens, and many years ago it was in the future, but if your consciousness was expanded to reach out into the future, if your consciousness, your perceptual field could expand beyond the individual cellular mind, beyond our planet, beyond our solar system, really into the heavens, you could, you could take what's available at any time in any place and use it for your personal and spiritual development. We have the choice every moment of every day, like I said in the beginning, to be better people. To, 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 to understand the, the knowledge of ourselves, that's what teaches us where we come, where we are, and where we're going. You know, uh, Joseph Campbell said this, that we, 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 we connect with the ultimate creative mystery that is both beyond and within ourselves and all things. Uh, 10,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago in a mystery or an ascension school, since you didn't have those alignments in the heavens, you had to create those alignments within yourself because within ourselves are universes within universes and worlds within worlds and the Father Mother's house of many mansions is also manifest within us. So if it wasn't in the sky 2,000 years ago, you had to kind of recreate it within yourself and sort of align all those stargates within yourself to be able to access those energies that we're getting now. It's a natural cycle. It's a cyclic thing. Uh, it may not be pretty. It may be beautiful. Heaven on Earth is manifest for a lot of people already. When it is for a critical number of us, it will be for all of us. So what I'm trying to say is there are a lot of different opinions about what's happening. And like I say, there's a little rigor in this. There's um, a little academia in this. There's a lot of uh, really interesting information that could be demonstrated, that can be repeated, you know. Um, can pass peer review, in other words. But what we really have to understand is how to position ourselves in relationship to what's going on, how to heal our thoughts, how to treat each other as simultaneous expressions of that one collective consciousness that we can choose to call God, whatever represents for you the wholeness as we understand it. Um, so this, this is a process that does repeat. We have this opportunity every so often, but we have the opportunity every day to position ourselves to, have, to not have any thought that is devoid of a consciousness of ourselves. 
as intrinsically divine, as manifested, crystallized expressions of, of God, or whatever you want to call it. You can you understand it from the sacred tree, from the great cross, from the grand cross, this dark rift, this dark black road where the road meets, where the crossroads meet. What are you going to do when you get to the crossroads, when you get to the fork in the road? All this great grand metaphor and all the archetypes and the stories and the fairy tales and the folk tales and the mythology of all races, they're really pointing to these events. They're trying to teach us how to position ourselves in relationship to ourselves as divine expressions. There are energies that are coming onto this planet that haven't been on this planet for a long time. You know, and so what we really have to do is understand more of ourselves. Phil, we're coming up to our, our second break, and, I, and um, I'm just letting you go here because you're giving us a wonderful <laughs> insight. And I do want to talk when we come back about yeah. the DNA activation and the role that the indigos oh. play in this process. This That's is great. Peter okay. for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. Walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. just want to remind you to check out my website, petertung.com, where all of the radio shows are archived and my monthly newsletter is available. In fact, my December newsletter will be out later today uh, or tomorrow. And also myheartcenteredjourney.com, the Ambassadors of Light program, which is a great program that uh, we are hosting at the moment and is on the, the banner of this uh, Voice America show, where we are building this conscious community of people connected to the changes and shifts that are taking place on the planet at the moment. So please do also go to myheartcenteredjourney.com. And I want to return now to Phil Groover, our guest today, because uh, he has some very important information to share, which he's doing extremely effectively. And Phil, I just wanted to, to get you to chat a little bit about this DNA activation and how the indigo children fit into this whole picture. Okay, well, it's interesting. Even in the Pist of Sophia, I know a lot of your listeners are familiar with this amazing Gnostic text that really seeks to celebrate the divinity of man. Um, even Jesus says in the Pist of Sophia, at the, at, the, at the end of time, groups of divine souls will make their presence known on the planet. And I think he was talking about the indigos, what are commonly known as indigos. Now, you can talk about indigos and crystals and rainbows. Now, there are characteristics, certainly, that, uh, that they have in common, and there are characteristics that distinguish them. But even you take one of the Mother Shipton prophecies. Now, Mother Shipton lived, I think, in around the year 1500. One of her quatrains was, the children with the second sight, a natural thing, so that they might grow graceful, humble, and when they do, the golden age will start anew. Now, whether Mother Shipton wrote that or not, obviously somebody did. Somebody knew that at this time in our history, groups of souls would come into the planet that have a quote-unquote contract, uh, nothing more or less than to really help facilitate the ascension of this planet and everyone on it. Now, you can call them indigos. Now, I know uh, they started writing about indigos in, in the 70s. Uh, clairvoyants and psychics began to see this bluish-violet aura around uh, in the auras of children, mostly children. And people would ask, well, why children? Basically because of their youth, their life force, their vitality, and the fact that they haven't muddied their auras up with a lot of self-inflicted karma. The colors are very, very, very bright and very visible. Showing to those people that have that level of clairvoyance that can see those colors, but the fact is, just because they started to notice those colors in the 70s doesn't mean the indigos started to come in in the 70s. The fact is, and the, the information I'm familiar with, that the indigos, at least these most recent waves of indigos, started incarnating hundreds of years ago. First little dribs and drabs, because the grids of the planet really couldn't support the living presence of these high-powered beings all of them coming in at once. 
but in the last couple of hundred years, they started coming in dribs and drabs, and the more that come in, the gates are open wider and wider, so now the whole streams are waves of these indigos. Now, again, there are things that distinguish levels of indigos and crystals, and you can call them crystals, you can call them rainbows, psychic, super psychic children, gifted children, they used to be called uh, children of the blue star, children of the blue ray, the, the violet ray, the indigo ray, the children of now, children of tomorrow, children of two weeks from today, you know, Melchizedek's, you can call them the sons and daughters of paradise, that's my favorite name for the sons and daughters of light, the Bene Or, the Bene Elohim, the fact is that these souls have been coming in. And I believe that what distinguishes these indigos, what makes, first of all, what, what, what creates the ability that they have that, uh, that indigo color in their aura is all about the DNA. I think, I think that the things that distinguish the indigos presently, right now, because they come in with a very special pattern in their DNA, not entirely activated, but I believe that the two things that distinguish indigos presently from non-indigos now is that all the incarnating indigos come in with aspects of the fifth and especially the sixth strand, DNA strand, partially activated. Now, when you understand a little bit more about the DNA and how they relate to the dimensions, each strand of DNA is tuned to one dimension, like each strand of DNA is like a resonant antenna that picks up and can translate that consciousness from one specific dimension. So if, you're, if you have poor portions of your sixth strand activated, you are processing consciousness from the sixth dimension, and as many of us know, each dimension has a primary color or wavelength associated with it, or the color associated with the sixth dimension is indigo kind of a mixture of blue and violet. So if you have that level of DNA activation and your sixth strand is partially activated, you will be processing six-dimensional consciousness, which to an embodied human mind, certainly to a clairvoyant, would be perceived as the color indigo. That's why they're called indigos. The second distinguishing characteristic, I believe, is that all indigos alive on this planet have a pattern in their DNA, it's the pattern of the original angelic human race. I've suspected this for a long time. I've been talking about this since the 70s. It certainly was confirmed to me in the late 90s and the early parts of this millennium uh, through the teachings of the uh, Melchizedek Cloister Emerald Order and uh, the Azurite Press, other sources confirmed this, um, that the original human race was created as an angelic race. In other words, the original human race was originally an immortal race of angels. DNA was taken from 12 primary interstellar races combined to fashion this being that became known as the human, human being or the human race. They were given that 12-strand pattern so that in one immortal lifetime, they could be fully embodied avatars in that lifetime. This is what I think we lost at the time of the fall. And since the fall, groups of souls have been incarnating on the planet, having a portion of the original angelic human DNA. Now, we're in the closing cycles of what's called the fifth root race now, which is the Aryan root race which we can get into in another conversation. We're entering the final phase, the phases now of the final two root races to reestablish 
the original angelic imprint in the DNA of the whole human race. And they're called the Paradisians. They're called Melchizedek. Interestingly enough, when in The Wizard of Oz in the movie, when Dorothy first introduces herself to that floating head in Oz, she says, I am Dorothy the small and the meek. That's a very interesting line for a children's story. When you understand that the word meek was never meant to, to mean timid, the word meek is an acronym. It's an abridgment of a much larger word. The word is meek Melchizedek. Dorothy, Doron Theos, it's an inversion of Theodora, gift of God, is introducing herself to the wizard as one of these souls who I believe has incarnated to guide the earth and all of its inhabitants into this next phase, whether you want to call it the fifth world, the sixth world, the fifth sun, the sixth sun, the age of Aquarius. We're in a transition period now where we are at the crossroads. The dark rift, that black swatch, is, 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 it doesn't have to be this long, dark night of the soul. It's just really asking us symbolically to go into our darkness, to embrace our darkness, you know, to understand that we are integrated light and dark electromagnetic beings, to really embrace that shadow or let it go, to embrace the darkness. Even in The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy started her trip, she started in the east, she went to the center, to the heart of Oz, then she went to the west, then she went back to Oz, the Emerald City, and then she went south. A lot of people don't, under, don't remember that in the book, Glinda is the good witch of the south, because she had to go deep within herself. We're at the crossroads now. We have to make a decision whether we're going to heal our thoughts, whether we're going to see each other the way the beloved sees us. You know, the way God sees us, the way we were meant to see each other as divine creations. We're, 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 we, we do this for what used to be called for Christ's sake. You know, we have that slang expression now, for Christ's sake. But it used to mean something totally different, Peter. It used to mean for the sake of the Christos. In other words, what are you willing to sacrifice so that the Christ can move through you. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let go? What are you willing to release that doesn't serve you anymore? What are you willing to release that doesn't support your journey or the next phase of this journey? To have the courage to release what isn't supporting you. Maybe it supported you up to a point, maybe this point. Maybe what's true for you last year isn't true for you now, and maybe what isn't true for you now may be true for you next year. But just... Make space in your life for this new experience of yourself, for a greater self-realization. We're at the crossroads now. We're at the dark road, you know. We're at that place where Dorothy was, to go deep within ourselves, to be honest, to, to really try to make sense of this experience and to really let God in. Pretty much. So I think that's a big lesson. I think the indigos are really here because of their expanded DNA, because of their sort of elevated, exalted perspective. Now, with the early indigos, they had a lot of pro The first ones coming in had a lot of problems, believe me, because things were still pretty dense here. A lot of these activation cycles, morphogenetic waves, hadn't really grounded yet. We weren't experiencing these biophysical t uh, time accelerations. The planet, they, they, they birthed into very, very dense fields. And a lot of these indigos 
started the process of fetal integration, these souls, but they saw that they were going to be birthed into a world that really was no way prepared for them, or they were going to be birthed in with certain disabilities because their parents hadn't healed enough of their karma, and they turned back. They make the decision to come in. They choose their parents, although I think you can make mistakes and maybe choose the wrong parent once in a while. Or there are so many little tunnels and wormholes you could slide into this world and maybe you just made the wrong one or fell into the wrong one. But sometimes this incarnating soul turns back, and here on this earth that's manifested as a stillbirth, miscarriage, abortion, and these are tragic events. But it's important for your listeners to understand that these decisions are made on the higher levels. If that incarnating soul feels it can't birth in without disabilities. If it's going to birth in with disabilities, it will turn back. And sometimes the contract is done in utero. There's a lot of things we're beginning to understand. But the truth is, when we learn to truly love, we really begin to... We're just just coming up to our our final, final break here, but we'll return back to the topic of love and forgiveness on our return. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. What would you do if you came across a technology so profound that you move to balance within minutes of application and from that balance the body heals itself? We have the research, the testimonials, world-class health practitioners, and we conduct free demonstrations throughout North America and the world. Sound too good to be true? Click on the Amized Fusion Technology banner and find out for yourself and join us in a self-care revolution. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network.
listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And please do send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. If you would like uh, me to interview a particular person or a particular topic, please do do, uh, make contact and we'll do whatever we can to make the show even greater than it is at this time. (laughs) We're on a bit of a fast-track train with Phil Gruber today. And Phil, just before the break, you were about to move into talking about the return to love, forgiveness, and the path of grace. So please uh, continue. Yeah, nobody knows what this is going to look like. I would recommend going into the work. There's a million hits on the website for 2012 on YouTube. John Major Jenkins, Jeff Stray, um, Kathleen McGowan has a lot of amazing knowledge from the Pashalams and this lineage of the Pashals. Um, so many William Burroughs um, who originated, who actually... Uh, popularized the mystery of, of 23, Read Naked Luntry, really talks about the instruments of control in the society. He was able to see a lot of, of, of the truth of, of the lower hierarchies that, uh, according to the Pits of Sophia, allow for imperfect condensations of matter and energy. This is thoughts. We learn, we need to learn how to heal our thoughts. We're all these sleeping beauties. I was in Malta recently, and they had this beautiful sleeping lady of Malta, one of these Venus figures that was found in one of their underground sonic temples of the hypogeum. This is sleeping beauty. This is beauty that's that's sleeping right now, that's about to wake up in each and every one of us. The crystallizations of our disharmonic negative thoughts are these black, misshapen crystals called miasms that block the flow of love and light, that block the natural activation sequence of the DNA. How do you heal this? What's the path of grace and the destiny of joy? Is love is the highest form of love. I really do believe it's forgiveness. One of the most beautiful of the Emoto crystals is love and forgiveness. Because remember, we need to bless everything because the more complex the crystal, the structure of the crystal, the more energy and frequency it can hold. We need to drink enough water in these days. We need to structure that water in our bodies. So our bodies, we can make room for the respatialization of our bodies. We are advancing as a species. Teachers like J.J. Hurtak have been given this divine blueprint for our evolution as a race. So many great teachings, so many great teachers. Learn to forgive. The Pits of Sophia is all about the great mystery of forgiveness. It's said in the Pits of Sophia that when we truly, truly forgive, our souls are declared innocent of all the intensifications of karma, and we are placed in a position of never having been separated from the law. Your soul becomes righteous. One of my favorite movies, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, people laugh at me, but what was the moral, what was the, the credo of that movie? It was be excellent to each other. I don't know how this is going to look 2012. I don't know how this is going to look tomorrow, you know? But all I know is that if you are at peace with yourself, if you are at peace with God, if you really, really learn to forgive, because what is it about? Peter, it's not about blame. For all the people listening out there, it's never been about blame. It's been about forgiveness. What do you have to do? What do you have to release 
to be a giver so that grace can move through you into the world. It's not enough to bring it in, but you've got to bring it through. Our souls are declared innocent. This is the key. We are placed in a position of never having been separated. All of us that feel like spiritual orphans, all of us indigos, all of us that have waited our whole lives to be able to share our pain and our joy with others of like minds. There's so many of us here on the planet now, as Helen Reddy used to say, in numbers too big to ignore. We're all looking for a sense of community and continuity to be the best people we can. If we've done something that we're sorry for, we say we're sorry. We apologize. The word apologize, Apollo means not many. So when you apologize, you are reaffirming the oneness. You've made your peace with God or whatever you feel that wholeness of consciousness is, I believe we should bless everything. Again, the Emoto crystals tell the story. The more complex the crystal, the more frequency and energy and love it can hold. I believe if people just tried blessing their food for three or five days, two or three times a day, I guarantee the quality of their lives will change. And when we rebuild our temple, then the Shekinah will return in all her brilliant radiance. She is the... uh, the, the lost bride. She's the uh, lost princess, the sleeping beauty, you know? And we all have this beauty that's about to wake up. And how does it wake up? The prince kissed, right? The princess. The word kiss comes from our word, uh, the Gaelic Irish word kais, which means uh, Scottish uh, Gaelic, which means to appear without disguise. So we can, we, we can remove all the false selves and false images and false associations. You know, Peter, if, if, if you put two mirrors uh, opposite each other, you see all these unlimited images, right? These infinite images. Well, when someone is a perfect mirror for you, like my wife here, sitting here next to me, my beautiful wife, Sharmilla, who's up in the middle of the night here, um, couldn't stay asleep. But um, if you see someone or something that's a perfect mirror for you, then you can see eternity within each other. Look for that in people. Sacred geometry, whatever gives you a feeling of harmonic symmetry and geometrical perfection, whatever brings love into your lives, I would advise your listeners at this time or any other time in their lives to bring beauty into their lives, to remember what made them happy, to remember what made them smile, to look in the mirror, to say I love you, to play with children, to, to be kind of like a child again, not childish, but to retain that childlike quality, that awe and wonder that we knew as children, where we saw the universe in a grain of sand, you know? Remember that old thing? Yeah. Seeing the universe in a grain of sand or, uh, or Bill, the universe... we're actually coming up to the end of the show, amazingly. Right. But I did want to give you the chance just to mention the Kabbalah Code, a book that you co-authored with James Twyman, and also how anybody can make contact with you if they wish to, to pursue your brilliance. <laughs> the Kabbalah Code's a great read. There were, there were some concepts in there I wish we could have fleshed out more, but that's why my next book, um, which is which is going to be called The Adventures of Francis Nathan Stein, the postmodern Prometheus, um, is going to answer all the unanswered questions. It was published by Hay House. It's a wonderful, wonderful read. I just want to, my, my email, my website will be up soon. It's philgruber.com.
com. If anybody has any comments or questions or whatever, they can email me at philgruber153 at hotmail.com. I'm eminently Googleable. I just want to end with uh, something that my friend Johnny Marihiel, the guy that uh, really brought the, um, the knowledge of the harmonic concordance to light in 2003. Um, he used to do the New York Times crossword puzzle. He used to do it in the morning when the paper came out and didn't have much success with it. But he started doing it at night, and he had a lot more success with it. Why? Because more people have done it. More of the answers are out there. And, Peter, I just want to end by saying more, so many of the answers are out there. Everything I think we need to lead graceful lives, even in the midst of what we see as oh, all this stuff coming down, we can do this with grace. Thank you so really much, Will. I really appreciate it. We do have to finish there. It's been a phenomenal okay. show. I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to listen to this show. Thank you, Peter. To get the information. Thanks so much. My guest very next week will be People Karen Ray Wilson, who will be talking about how we can bring the genius out of this apparent chaos in the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. It's been a real fast one. I wish we had another hour to continue with Phil and his tremendous insights. Have a great week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.